Hi, welcome to episode 8 of Two Ladies in the Kingdom. I'm Emma Thomas, Muay Thai fighter and blogger at undertheropes.com. Um, let me start by completely contradicting myself because there's only one lady in this episode. It's just me. Um, Sylvie and I, we usually do these podcast episodes by Skyping and recording the conversation, but we're changing it up with a new format at the moment. Episode 7 was just her... She recorded a live stream that she did on the way back from Chiang Mai from some fights she had there. If you haven't listened to that, you should go back and check that out first. Um, so now it's my turn to just do it on my own. So bear with me. I hope you guys can get into it. <laughs> um, I should also mention we are sponsored by Low Blow, who make awesome groin guards. Both Sylvia and I use them for training and fighting. Um, if you want to get one for yourself, you can get 10% off on Amazon UK and US using the discount code 2, that's the number 2, I-T-K. So a quick update on what's been going on with me. If you've been following me, you'll know that since I left my gym a little while ago, I've been out of Muay Thai for a little while. Um, there's this new gym opening near me next week, actually, it's going to be open on the 5th, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I'm going to be moving over there. And in the meantime, I decided to take up CrossFit as something new, just a challenge in between. Um, I didn't know anything about it beforehand. Um, all I'd heard is people talk a lot of shit about CrossFit. Um, and I figured I can't really talk too much shit if I'd never tried it. So I went and I did like a, a foundations course for a couple of weeks and then I loved it. So I signed up and I've been at this CrossFit gym for a while now. Um, what's interesting is that I haven't seen much of a crossover in, in the circles I run in between CrossFit and Muay Thai. Like when I talk to the CrossFit people like, oh, I normally do Muay Thai. They're kind of like, oh, I don't really get it. Um, or they tried it once and they didn't like it. And a lot of the Muay Thai people are like, oh, don't do CrossFit. It's not good for you. Um, but I mean, I can see why a lot of people say like, oh, you're just throwing massive weights around as fast as you can. It's not good for you. It's just a way to get injured. And, uh. I guess I see why people say that, but from my experience, that hasn't been the case at all. Um, and of course, there's this bullshit in any kind of sport or fitness fad or whatever. Um, there's certainly bullshit in Muay Thai, I, but I do not judge Muay Thai on the on the assholes who are kicking lampposts on YouTube. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the instructors have been really, really awesome, really attentive. Um, they've been helping me out with some. Uh, other problems I've been having actually I've had some issues with my ankles and my Achilles tendon um, It's been really really painful. It's been stopping me from running for a while Which is not what I need because I have a half marathon coming up Next month and I really don't want to have to cancel that because I had to well I had one cancelled in November because it took place during the morning period during October and November So I don't want to have to cancel a second one But uh the instructors have been really helping me out with that which is great um, I'm really enjoying it so far, and I can see how it's going to help me cross over when I do go back to fighting. Um, I'm really enjoying it in the meantime anyway. It's helping me work on a lot of my weaknesses that I shamefully would have ignored on my own probably. <laughs> but what's been good about it is um, going from an environment where I'm really, really comfortable, like in my Muay Thai gym I was, um, going from from there into an environment where I am by far the shittest person in the class. I don't know what's going on half the time, but it's a huge challenge, um, which is really, really great. That's why I'm enjoying it so much. 
When Sylvia and Kevin asked me to do this podcast episode by myself, I was kind of apprehensive about it. I thought to myself, you know, what, what's anyone going to want to listen to just me go on about for half an hour or an hour or whatever? Um, so I struggled with that for a little bit. But then I realized that it's actually a really good opportunity for me to talk about something that I've wanted to talk about for a long time, since before I started blogging, actually. But I never quite found the right way to do it. But I think it's an important topic that... Uh, really needs to be talked about. So today I'm going to be covering sexual assault in Muay Thai gyms. Of course this is quite a sensitive topic, it's not going to be for everyone, so if you feel this this isn't going to be an episode that you want to listen to then feel free to turn off. Um, it is going to involve some quite in-depth and detailed discussions and descriptions of my own personal experience too. So. Of course, if, if you're not into that, then feel free to turn off. Um, I, there really isn't enough, well, I say enough, There's no, nothing is, is said about this kind of thing, but I, I know that it happens, not only because it has happened to me, but just from talking to other women. Sexual assault, it happens in Muay Thai gyms just as it happens everywhere else. Um, but understandably, nobody really wants to talk about it. And I can't really expect other people to come forward and talk about it in an honest and open conversation unless I put myself out there. So I want to share with you guys how I don't want to say I was a victim, but I want to say that I experienced, I guess, an attempted rape by a trainer in a Muay Thai gym in Thailand when, when I first came here. It was about six years ago. And this is, of course, it's very personal for me, but I not not just because of the nature of, of the topic, but also I'm talking about it is very, very new to me. There are very, very few people, maybe only one or two even, in my life that, that know that this happened. So talking about it is, is very new for me, so please bear with me. Um, I guess there's no way for me to kind of ease into it so I'll just I'll just let you know how this happened to me for a start. It was not the first but the second gym I'd ever trained at in Thailand. Um, I was very new to Muay Thai, very new to Thailand. I had just started backpacking on my own actually. I think I'd been in Thailand for a few weeks um, and at this stage I just separated from a little group that I was with and gone off to train at this gym to stay there for a month by myself. Um, I'm not going to be naming the gym or any of the people in this story, I should just say right now, because, I mean, I don't really feel that it's relevant to the story, but I'll, I'll get to that later. But I'm not going to be naming any names here. Um, so I'd been at this gym for one, maybe two weeks. Again, this was six years ago, so I don't remember exactly how long, but not too long at all. I'd, I've been training there for a little while. Um, there were a few girls there, not many, not many that were there all the time. Um, in the little gym accommodation we had, which is like a little set of rooms down the road from the gym, I was the only, I was the only girl there. But some came in and out. Um, and there was some guys who were staying with me, not in the same room, but in the same little block that we were in. Um, a few guys, maybe four or five, all from different parts of the UK and on this one night we were all going out it wasn't the first night 
I'd been out with them, um, been out with them lots of times, uh, and on this occasion they were bringing this one trainer with them. Um, this guy, I'd never trained with him before, but he was always at the gym. It, you know those kind of trainers who is it's almost like you have to prove yourself to do pad work with that guy. Like I was never going to get to do pads with him. Not, I don't know if it was because I was a girl, but because I was a complete beginner at that time, or I just turned up at the gym. But I was never going to get to do pads with him. He didn't even acknowledge me when I was in the gym. But all of the the lads in the gym loved him. They were all buddies. They couldn't say enough good things about him. Um, so they were inviting him on the night out. Uh, and we were all kind of sat at the little block, communal area where we stay, getting ready to go out. Um, and they were all saying, Emma, you stay with him, as in the trainer. Like, he's going to look after you. And I'm thinking, well, I don't need to be looked after, what the fuck? Um, but I kind of just shrugged it off. I don't know if I was the only girl in the group or what, but they were like, you stick with him, like, because we're going to be smashed. We're not going to be able to look after you. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't need you guys to look after me. I'm quite fine on my own. I got here quite fine on my own. Um, and I was like, whatever. Um, our gym was kind of in the middle of nowhere. There was nothing around. So I just wanted to go out. And I don't remember if I was, I don't think, no, I wasn't drunk on that night. I mean, I know I was, I can't recall if I was actually drinking, um, but I know I wasn't drunk. Um, it's kind of fucked up that I feel that I have to clarify that now, but I do. Um, so I may or may not have, have been drinking at all, but I know I wasn't drunk. Um, but these guys were definitely getting hammered, like that was their plan from the start, which I think is why they were like, oh, you stick with him, like he'll take care of you. Again, I think it was weird that they felt the need to kind of assign me a babysitter. Um, also quite weird that like they felt the need to look after me, um, but not not enough so that they would do it themselves, but just enough so they could get somebody else to do it, so they could feel good about themselves, but also go out and get smashed. Um, it was all very strange, but I was just happy to go out. So we all went out, and we went on motorbikes. Uh, I didn't know how to drive a motorbike at that time, so I was on the back of one of them on the way there. Um, and then we all go out, and this... These guys are, like, repeating that, oh, this guy's going to look after you. I'm like, whatever. Um, later on in the night, uh, when we've moved on to, like, another club, one of the guys, it was an Irish guy, uh, he came up to me and he was quite, uh, quite aggressively, uh, but very, like, condescendingly comes up to me and is like, don't go home without us. You promise me you will not leave without us. You've got to stay with us. And I'm like, well, I've been staying with you all night. Like, I don't understand. Um, I've, I've literally just been sat there. And they've been the ones who are getting trashed. Um, and it was it was very, very strange. I just put it down to him being drunk. I mean, he was in no position to even look after himself, let alone me. Like, his eyes were floating about in his head and he was, like, slurring his words. And he's like, don't go home without us. You have to stay with us. You have to promise me. And I'm like, uh-huh, fine, whatever. Um, if that's what you need to assert your masculinity I don't know um and then shortly after that him and another British guy um started a fight in the club because they were dicks um and then we all had to leave so that was annoying um and then we all we all just suddenly kind of 
I don't know if we got kicked out or if we left our own accord, I kind of just followed along. Um, so then we're going back to the gym. So those two guys who started the fight are on one motorbike, and I am on, I am on the back of this trainer's bike. Um, this guy, like, he'd been around all night. I hadn't really talked to him, like, much. I guess there was a massive language barrier. I certainly couldn't speak very much Thai at that time. Um, so I think his English was just as shit as my Thai. Um, but I was on the back of his bike. So we're on the way back to the gym. Uh, and we didn't get very far before the two guys who were in front of us swiftly like made a U-turn and go back to the club or back in that direction. And I could only assume that they were going back to finish the fight that they'd started, um, which I later found was true. Again, they were dicks. Um, so then at that point, well, we certainly weren't going to fucking follow them. So not that I had a choice in the matter. So we carry on back towards the gym. And while we're on that journey from the club back to the gym, I don't really know how far it was, um, the guy starts, as in the trainer, starts kind of reaching around and touching me on my leg or wherever he can reach while he's driving. And in that moment, I feel kind of stupid because I'm like, well, I can't do anything here. I kind of realise how vulnerable I am. Like, I'm on this motorbike. I have no choice. We could be going anywhere. Um, thankfully, he did take me back to the gym we did go back to the gym but if he was going to be taking back to taking me back to my room he would have made a left turn just before the gym but he didn't he drove all the way up to the gym and right to the back of it where his room was his room was right behind the ring and then he takes me into that room and then the next thing i know there's there's this mattress on the floor in that room and i'm on my back on that mattress and he's on top of me and I don't remember any words being spoken or what, um, but he's, I remember him kind of pulling, trying to pull my, my trousers down, pull all my clothes off me and me scrambling to pull them back up again. And there was this kind of back and forth a few times where he's pulling them down and I'm pulling them back up and he's pulling them back down again. And then eventually he just kind of pinned my arms like, behind or above my head on this mattress so I can't do anything at this stage um and there are there are not there are things that I don't remember like I don't remember everything super clearly but one thing I do specifically remember is in that moment thinking to myself well I'm just gonna have to wait to whatever this is I'm just gonna have to wait until it's over because what else can I do? Um, which is a really fucked up feeling. And another thing that really gets me about it is that I, I wasn't able to, to scream or fight back. or Because when, when we put ourselves in these hypothetical situations and we talk about these things, we say, oh, well, if somebody tried to do that to me, I'd... I'd hit him or I'd kick him in the balls or I'd scream but when you're actually in that situation it's it's not as easy as that as that and the only way I can describe it for me is that it's almost like your body is betraying you because the way I reacted is that I just froze I wasn't able to to do much at all and it may also sound ridiculous but I, I remember specifically thinking at the time that um, there was a baby in the next room and thinking, oh, I don't want to wake everybody up. 
you know, one of the other trainers was staying in the next room with his family and he had this newborn daughter. And I don't know why in that moment that was of any importance to me. Um, that, you know, I was putting their, their sleep before my safety, but I was like, oh, I don't want to wake anybody up. I don't want to cause a, I don't want to cause a fuss, you know. I don't want to worry anybody or wake anybody up or cause trouble for anybody else. So I, again, I just stayed quiet. And um, so from there, obviously he's got my hands behind my head and he's free to do whatever the fuck he wants at this stage. And I remember he's he's got my clothes off as well as his and I get my hands free. And just before this is about to happen, the only thing I can think to do because I I I don't I don't feel like I can physically like fight back or push him away or whatever. The only thing I could do was to put my hands between my legs and cover myself up. That's, that was the only thing I could do. So I did that, and then after a minute, it was it was almost like he suddenly realised what he was doing because he suddenly stopped and starts apologizing to me and I'm like well you know you know this isn't something that I wanted from the start otherwise you wouldn't have had to bring me into this room and fucking pull my clothes off me and you know I wouldn't have none of this would have happened and it's very very strange he start he kind of collapsed next to me and starts apologizing and all of a sudden he seems really sad and he he gets behind me um almost like he's spooning me I guess and he and he puts his arms around me and hugs me like so tightly I cannot move Uh, like my arms are locked into my body and I don't know how long I was there for but he locked me in and I couldn't move at all for a while and he's also inviting me to punch him in the face as if that would make either him or I feel any better about the situation um even if that had been something that I had wanted to do, which it fucking wasn't, um, it would only have served him, so I certainly wasn't going to do that. I couldn't even process what was happening or what had happened at that stage. Um, so he's going, you can hit me, you can hit me, it's fine, I'm sorry. And I'm like, what? Um, so he kept me there for I don't know how long. Um, I have no idea how long I was in that room for, what time I got we got there, but... I do know that it was daylight by the time I got out of there. Because as far as I know, that was the end of it. I did get out of there. And then I went back um, to where I and, and the other guys were staying. And this one guy who was staying in the, in the next room to me, he, he was the one that I got on best with. Um, and I, I figured I'd knock on his door and... He, I assume that, oh, maybe he might be worrying why I wasn't there when he got home or, you know, because he would normally knock on my door when he got back. So I figured, oh, I'll just knock on his door and let him know that I'm okay or also not okay. I don't know what I plan to tell him. But um, he opens the door and the first thing he asks me is, why do you have a scarf around your neck? Because I had this scarf that I, I'd bought at the night market um, just before that. And uh, I'd had it in my bag that night because it was kind of, I don't want to say cold, but kind of cool at that time. But in the morning, it was obviously hot, as it always is here. Um, And I kind of just wanted to cover myself up as much as I could, so I put it back on. 
and he's like, why do you have that scarf on? And I had no real explanation for it, so I just took it off. And I didn't realise, because I hadn't got to a mirror at that point, because his room was the first place I went. But in, in removing the scarf, I was sh showing him all of these bruises around my neck. And then, obviously, he's like, what the fuck is that? And I have... I, I, I don't know what to say. So I, I ended up just telling him one way or another where I'd just come from and what I'd just gone out of, ha not having processed it myself at all. Um, and we talked a little bit and then I just went back to my room. And it wasn't until like I closed the door behind me, sat on the end of the bed by myself, that I kind of, the realization started to set in like what I'd just escaped from. While, while I was there in that room, I, I kind of didn't think to myself, oh, he's going to rape me. That's what he's trying to do. Um, may sound weird, but it wasn't until I was removed from the situation and all on my own that I, I realised that that's what he was trying to do. That's what could have happened to me. And this, it was kind of like just a wave hitting me of all these emotions about it. I didn't, I didn't really know what the fuck to feel, I guess. And so I sat in that room for a while. And then later in the day, I guess that guy, he must have told the other guys about it. Because later in that day, somehow I found myself sat around this table with them at a cafe in town. Um, and this, this is like, I don't know, three, four, five dudes, all, all like foreign guys. And they're asking me what happened, how it happened, and I didn't really know how to answer. Um, but I tried I tried to talk to them about it, but and I don't remember how I did that, but one thing I distinctly do remember is I called them all cunts <laughs> because of the way they all behaved the, the evening before. I said, you're all cunts. Why, why do you make such a big deal of like, oh, we're going to look after you and this and that? <clears throat> and then just leave me on my own. I mean, it's, I don't understand it. And then I ran off, I ran off to the toilet and cried. Um, and then one of the other guys, he comes and knocks on the door and he's like, well, it's not our fault, you know, you can't blame us. And, you know, I, I couldn't blame them. I wasn't trying to blame them. But I was just letting them know that they were a bunch of dicks. Um, I don't know if that message got to them or what. But then from there, they were like, you know, you have to talk to the gym manager about it. The, the guy who ran the gym, he spoke quite good English. Um, he seemed like kind of a cool guy. Um, and they were like, you have to go and tell him. Uh, they kind of pushed me to do that. And then they kind of drove me back to the gym. And before I knew it, we were there. And this guy's like, Emma's got something to tell you. Um, so I really only had to tell him in like one sentence what happened that previous night before you know his face changed he turned around he walked behind the ring to where that guy's that trainer's room was knocked on the door and shouted at him and said you gotta leave um so I guess I don't know do I have to give him some kind of credit for that but yeah so he kicked him out immediately and then that what they had told me is that they given him money to take a bus to Bangkok because we, we were in North Thailand at this time 
said, oh, he's, he's going to Bangkok, he's leaving, he's not working here anymore. Um, and from there, I went back to my room, and I didn't, I basically didn't come out of it for a week. I didn't train for a week, I didn't really talk to anyone, I kind of avoided everyone and everything as much as I could, I just, I didn't really know how to, how to process it at all. And it was just an incredibly lonely feeling being in another country by yourself, not having anyone you can talk to about it, but having to process this, this massive thing that's just happened to you. And I didn't want to tell anybody at home. I mean, my parents were worried enough about me as it is. They didn't even want me to leave or go traveling. I don't want to, you know, confirm their worst fears saying oh wait you're right I can't look after myself you know um I don't want to tell them um I don't want to put that on them that would be horrible um I guess another another influence for me not wanting to tell anyone is uh when I was 17 so quite a long time before this I'd had this boyfriend and while I was with this guy um he went traveling he went to Australia for a month and during that time that he was away, his his boss, who I'd met before, we'd been out for drinks together before, um, his boss, who's like 60-something years old, um, comes up to me in a bar, um, takes me away somewhere, and sexually assaults me. And I, the next day, phoned my boyfriend and told him what had happened. And his reaction was, well, why are you telling me this? I can't do anything about it. Like, he, it was more like, why are you burdening with this, me with this? Because it's just making me angry because I'm all over here and I can't do anything about it. But he also told me, it is your fault because you shouldn't have been around him. Uh, so I, my previous experience with this kind of thing was not positive. So um, I definitely didn't want to to tell anyone. I didn't think that I was going to get a positive response at all. I think it would be bad for everyone. So I just kind of dealt with it on my own. I sat in my room and I, I journaled and I just wrote things down. And That guy, the one next to my room, the one whose door I'd knocked on, um, he had tried to cheer me up, I guess. Um, he at one point like took me out on a trip for, the, for a day. Um, but I guess he felt that I didn't appreciate it or something. It, it was weird, like, because I didn't cheer up as as quickly or enough as he felt that I should, he then started to kind of attack me for it, like, when he was around the other guys. he would be. I remember him saying to me, oh, Emma, you walk around with your face tripping you all the time. Like, why are you so moody? Cheer the fuck up. It's not that bad. It could have been worse, is what they said. Um, so fuck him, basically. I should also add, from since since then, he he continued for the rest of my time there to just hit on me all the time. I don't know why he felt that that was appropriate at all. Um, but there was this one night where I'd stayed in, obviously, because I never went out with those guys again. Um, he'd gone out drinking, because that's the only thing these fucking guys did, is they just went out and got hammered. And he came back at 4am and starts knocking on my door. 
And when I don't answer, it gets louder and louder and louder. Until, whether he meant to do it or not, he punched my fucking door down. So, obviously, that's exactly what I fucking needed. Having been through what I'd been through, is someone to come to my room at 4am and punch my fucking door down. Um, he didn't enter the room. It was almost like he realised what he'd done. He ran away back into his room. So I came out and I was like, what the fuck? And he just, he kind of kept his head down like, Ugh, and didn't say anything. And I couldn't even lock my door at this point. He'd broken it. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. All I could do was kind of put up a chair against the, against the door and try and go to sleep. And the next day they got a new lock on it. So yeah, I kind of felt like I was surrounded by pricks at this gym. I, I felt like there was nobody I could relate to, nobody I could talk to, and that just made everything worse um, in, in terms of me trying to deal with what had happened to me. And you might be thinking at this stage, well, why the fuck were you still at that gym in the first place? You should have left. And I wouldn't blame you for thinking that, because that is a valid thought. It's definitely something that crossed my mind. Um, there's a couple of reasons why I didn't. Um... Firstly, I I didn't really feel that I had the emotional strength to get up and go anywhere else. Um, really, I just... And also, when I thought about it, I, I didn't want to let anyone else ruin what I was trying to do. I came there and I wanted to train. Um, and I didn't really want to let any asshole ruin that for me. And maybe that's kind of stubborn and stupid... But I was like, no, I came here to train. Fuck these other guys. That's what I'm going to do. This trainer's gone. Whatever. So, yeah, I stayed for a little bit more. Um, maybe it was dumb in hindsight. But that's where I was with that at the time. Um, and also, another thing that makes me think that was a bad idea is that that trainer wasn't gone. I mean, he was gone from that gym. He was never allowed back there. But he, he didn't go to Bangkok, he didn't go that far, because what he started to do was to... He, he only went to the next province over, and he started to drive his motorbike in the middle of the night back over and knock on my fucking door. Um, so that definitely wasn't ideal. I mean, that was another scary thing that I had to deal with. And... It might sound fucked up, but eventually I did end up having a conversation with him about it. I mean, it, it sounds kind of mental, but it was strange that I, I felt so lonely where I was. I had all these people around me that I couldn't fucking talk to. And I thought the only person I can talk to about what is what happened to me is the person who did it. So I did. Um... And he was extremely apologetic or whatever. Not that that's important. Um, and the reason I'm talking about this is because I I did a big post earlier this year on rape culture in Thailand. And how lots of episodes of these Thai soap operas depict like uh, female lead characters getting raped by the male lead character and then Later on, they start a relationship, and sometimes they end up getting married and living happily ever after. And I wrote, I wrote about all that, and you know the effect it has, and how fucked up that is. 
but having having researched that and looked into that in hindsight all these years later is giving me like a new perspective on what he was like because when he did talk to me he was very insistent on taking care of me and doing all these things for me and how he would take care of me from now on and obviously at that time I'm like I don't fucking need you or anyone to take care of me you can fuck off um and I didn't understand that point of view at all it was almost like he was trying to make up for it and that you know we'd be fine now which obviously wasn't the fucking case um but having looked into how how rape culture is here and how the stories they have in these soap operas affect people's opinion i can see it now um because in a lot of these stories um the guy feels guilty like there was there was this one example where the guy he he drags this woman into this room and he tries to rape her and realizes that she's crying and he's like oh no why are you crying and realizes that oh wait she doesn't actually fucking want this at all and then he gets really upset and he leaves um and then they but they later get together and i and now i'm like is that what is that what happened like is that is that what he was trying to i don't get it but i can i can see how the, the similarities between what's happening in those stories and what happened with that guy what that guy did to me at the time i'm like is this a mind fuck i don't understand why is he trying to be nice to me and look after me and you know because i was always taught that that rape and sexual assault was was a violent thing and it wasn't you know this is how we're normally taught that you know somebody drags you into a bush and you know it's a violent thing and, and it's not somebody who cares about you or who's near to you and they don't apologize afterwards certainly i wasn't taught that the rape is like that um but it is for the most part it happens it a lot of the time it happens um it people it happens to people by people that they they're close to people in their family or in their in their circle their circle of friends and it's, it's not it's certainly not black and white and this certainly wasn't and it was really really difficult for me um i don't know if 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 i'd been a different envi- in a different environment like maybe at home or with friends or people around me that i could talk to that i would never have talked to him in the first place um but i did and i can see now how the the parallels between these soap operas and what happened to me which is fucking crazy but yeah he was very intent on looking after me and taking care of me which i didn't understand at the time but i i kind of do now in a way i'm not trying to justify his behavior at all i'm just trying to kind of process it in my own head um because again this is this is the first time i've really talked about this out loud which is kind of weird doing it on my own but i think it's important that i do it um so how the how the gym responded i mean they as they told me they kicked him out he wasn't working there anymore he went elsewhere um i don't know if if they were lying to me about how 
oh yeah, he he's going to Bangkok or we sent him away or I don't I don't know what happened there, but I, I know that they he was kicked out of the gym and he wasn't there anymore. Um, I also know that when this happens in other gyms, that is not always the case. Um, even when people do talk about it. Gyms they tend to react in a few similar ways to my knowledge. Um either they kind of ignore it because sometimes that trainer is very well respected um or maybe they don't believe the person who's saying it's happened to them they just ignore it or you know they don't want anyone to lose face it's a very awkward obviously it's a very uncomfortable thing to have to talk about so you know let's just ignore it um or sometimes they let the trainer go quietly um they don't talk about it just he's, he disappears and nothing is said about it um or sometimes they get sent to another gym. I'm sure there's probably no communication between the managers as, of managers of those gyms of, oh, you know, watch out for this trainer, he'll do this, or he's been known to do this. Um, I imagine there's no communication of that sort because these guys, they, they can get jobs anywhere. The way trainers just jump from gym to gym here. If they get fired from one, they just go to another. So I don't know if there's any communication of, you know, why they get fired or how that works, but they certainly don't have trouble finding work. Um, this this guy that did this to me, I know what gym he's at now. Um, I I was able to... I, I actually came across him on Facebook, um, and from there I can see where he's working. Um, I'm, I'm not allowed to to say where that is um like I said I don't want to even talk about the gym that this happened at um because I don't really feel it's, it's that relevant to the story because I I know that that gym has actually changed hands since then it's not even owned by the same people anymore um that trainer he's not there anymore but also there are there are laws in Thailand that you know would stop people. It would make it very difficult to to talk about these things without getting myself into trouble. So I don't want to name any names. Um, but I I do just keep tabs on that just to know for myself not to go there. Um. So this has all been a a process for me to kind of understand my feeling about it because as I said I hadn't talked to anyone about this really or processed it in my own mind it was just kind of something that happened and then I just left it and then I carried on training eventually I did leave that gym I moved on elsewhere um this isn't the gym that I spent most of my try most of my time training at it wasn't in Bangkok where I've been living for the past five or so years this is when I was traveling um so I did move on eventually I don't keep in touch from anyone there. Um, one of the guys, remember I talked about the Irish guy who came up to me in the club and told me not to go home and was very adamant about it. And, uh, he, after, just after I left Thailand, started sending me these disgusting messages on Facebook telling me, all sorts of horrible things that he'd like to do to me. I mean, 
if you're a female on the internet or alive in the world anywhere, you know what it's like to fucking get these types of comments. Um, but this guy, for some reason, felt it was appropriate to send me that shit. I don't know what the fuck. He continued doing that um, under different profiles for a little while before I was able to kind of block him. But just to kind of give you an image of how this gym, I really felt that I, I was just surrounded by assholes in terms of um, the, the people I was training with uh, for the most part. Just what a piece of shit just in a gym full of other pieces of shit. I, I just kind of kept to myself after that happened. Um, a few weeks later, when I did start training again, some girls came in and things looked up, up, looked up after that, and it was really good. But during that time when it all happened, I just felt like everybody there was an asshole, and it made it a lot more difficult for me. Um, so yeah, I, I don't keep in touch with any of those dudes. Um... One of the other guys, this was a Scottish guy, who was there on the night out. I haven't mentioned him yet, though. Um, I later bumped into him in, in Bangkok a few years. It might have been two or three years later. Um, weirdly, it was at the, the apartment building I was living at. He turned up there with some girl. Weird coincidence. And we kind of, we said hi. But after kind of just talking for a second, he decided to just look off in the other direction and he refused to look at me or talk to me for the rest of the time. We just sat there across from each other very awkwardly. And I don't know if he was mad at me or what, but he just, he could not look at me. Um, and this guy, he was very, very close to that, that trainer. Um, they trained together all the time. They, they hung out after training all the time. They were very, very close. And I, I don't know if he was mad at me for kind of being the reason that that guy got kicked out of that gym or because he didn't believe me I mean that's not something that I really give a shit about but that's, that's another layer of how people react to it you know that maybe he blamed me like, oh my favorite trainer's gone now because of you um but that was only a one-time thing that I bumped into him and then I never saw him again thank god um, so seeing that guy kind of brought back a lot of the feelings that I was, I had been struggling with since that happened, but it kind of pushed back because again, I hadn't really processed it, hadn't really talked to anyone about it. And the big one for me was guilt. I was feeling guilty about a lot of things, like guilty that. I even went out with those guys in the first place because um, obviously they were dicks, as we now know. Um, guilty for getting on that guy's motorbike, um, letting him take me into that room. Guilty for not fighting back in the way that I thought I was supposed to. Guilty for staying at that gym. Um, and. This is a weird one, but I, I almost felt guilty for for the fact that it was it was not a rape, but it was an attempted rape. Because as those guys at the gym kept telling me, it could have been worse. 
you know, it wasn't that bad, you got away in the end, so, you know, what's the fucking problem? Cheer up, is basically what they kept telling me. And so I was wondering, you know, am, am I justified in, in feeling this way about it? Because as they kept telling me, you know, why are you just locking yourself in a room? Why are you so moody or why are you so sad all the time? You know, it's not that big of a deal. I felt that I wasn't really justified in being as fucked up about it as I was. And as I kind of still am now in some ways, you know, there, there are triggers for me, of course, and it comes back to me in a lot of ways. But I don't think it's important for me to focus on, you know, the, the guilt or the shame or the embarrassment of of the fact that it happened. But what's important to me now is just talking about it and putting it out there and opening up that conversation. Because when we talk about these things, it opens up space and it gives power to other people who might be going through some of the same things or just or just need to hear this kind of thing. So that's why I'm doing this. I know there will be people close to me who won't be happy about me doing it in this way. Um, but I think it's important for me to put it out there. Um, so basically that's what this episode is about. It's just opening up this space. I will definitely be coming back to this in a blog post because I know I definitely work better in writing than I do in spoken word. I probably need to fill in a lot of gaps. I don't know if any of this even makes sense. I feel like I just blurted all of this out. Um, maybe it won't make sense at all. But I'll, I'll definitely be coming back to this in a blog post, maybe in a future podcast episode with Sylvie again. But if anyone feels like they want to talk about this kind of thing, whether it be what happened to me or just in general, if maybe it's happened to you, a good place to do that is the Muay Thai Roundtable Forum, where um, Sylvie and Kevin, they created a women's only space there. So if you feel that you're only comfortable talking about these things in a women's only space, we have that there. Um, also, you can, of course, send me a message anytime. But the the Muay Thai Roundtable is, is a really awesome community. And I'm happy to be part of that. Um, I probably will start to wrap it up here. I mean, there's a million different directions I could go with this. But as I said, I don't even know if this makes sense for now. This is probably enough information for one episode. Um, a couple of things I want to recommend before I, I leave. Um, if you are interested in learning more about sexual assault, how it happens, how people react to it. Um, a couple of documentaries that you might be interested in. One is The Hunting Ground, which is about um, rape on US university campuses. And another one is called The Invisible War, which is about rape in the US military. And both of those documentaries will fucking enrage you, but they they are important. Um, I would definitely recommend them if that's something you feel like you can watch. But on a on a lighter note, I guess something that I, I'd really like to recommend too is a podcast that I just got into. It's called uh, Guilty Feminist. It's these two um, female comedians in London, Deborah Francis White and Sophie Hagen. And uh, they kind of feel that they're a bit shit at feminism. So every episode they give themselves a challenge. And then they come back and they reflect on it and they talk about lots of good stuff and they're really, really funny. I listened to an episode the other day about um, not wanting to have kids 
and another one about being bossy. Um, it's really, really funny. I'm really into it. So I'm going to go and binge a bunch of that now. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening and I'll leave you guys here.